talk about revolution That's going a little bit too far So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal Hello, and welcome once again to More Like the Worst Wing The show where here in 2020 we take a look at Aaron Sorkin's seminal television classic, The West Wing, from a bit more socialist, leftist perspective. I am Stu. And I am Dave. And joining us today for our verified second guest star ever is Jaya Sundresh. Say hello, Jaya. Hi, guys. It's nice to be on. I, I am a journalist. Yeah. <laughs> and you have, and you have no great love of the West Wing. Oh, yeah, totally. No, 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 I don't. <laughs> yeah, it's always nice to verify because I've like, you know, I was, what, 15 when this show first came out. And so people my age, if they know about it or love it, kind of grew up with it. And it was their first exposure to legitimate political, Ideas. I guess, maneuvering. And we've yeah. talked about it before, how it's informed a generation of political operators. And so I always want to, like, I'm trying to verify with people I talk about, like, do you know the West Wing? And so, Jaya, you had reassured me. You were like, yes, yes, I do. Yeah, I used to watch it when it was on TV because I uh, used to be a liberal. Much Didn't, like all of us. Yes. <laughs> or many of us, I should say. Many of us. Some people were cool. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and we're, we're better now. We've, <laughs> yeah. we've moved beyond and we You must purge it. the liberalism from you. Then only <laughs> then can you be clean. <laughs> so today's episode, basically like the entire thing, is the title of the episode is Angel Maintenance. And we learn quite quickly that the code name for Air Force One when it's in flight is Angel. And the central kind of conceit of the episode is that there's a maintenance problem right on the plane so basically go ahead. go ahead oh no I, you go i'll just <laughs> i'll lay out all the whole recap of the airplane plot line real quick is so they're trying to land and their front wheel light indicator does not go off now most of the time this is just a problem with the light not with the wheel but they need visual confirmation that the front wheel is down before they try to land so they get an f-16 to fly by and look at the wheel Unfortunately, it's a moonless night, so he can't see anything. So they decide to do a buzz the tower move uh, at Andrews a la Top Gun, except in a Boeing 747. Yeah. And then <laughs> and the Andrews tower uh, makes visual confirmation that the wheel is down. Um, but also they, they do the IT solution of turning it off and turning it back on again. And then the light works. Uh, and then they Surprise! can And then they can land the plane. But then in a stupid comedy beat in the last moment of the episode, they go, uh, actually, there's a runway problem and we have to divert and go somewhere else now. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's a yeah. very, like, that's all folks kind of ending. <laughs> well, yeah, it's in- conveniently right when the, uh, when the uh, episode was about to end, the tension just sort of diffused. Yeah. Well, and, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of tension diffusion in this episode. We'd said before that we were looking for a West Wing equivalent of Air Force One, and we don't get it. We definitely do not. There is no Harrison Ford, get off my plane. Yeah, no, sadly, it's pretty boring up in the air. <laughs> Just not, not much of all happens. Um, the, ma- the main thing that goes on is that as soon as they find out there's a problem, they send CJ to stop the press from reporting and she just literally cuts all their phones which in in 2020 is such a quaint idea because there would be like 17 tweets a live stream and a periscope going within five seconds Mm -hmm. 
and it's just so insulting, you know. And everyone, everyone is just like thanking her. Yeah, by just, the like, end of it, yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. And the the management thing, I I don't know. And usually, so they usually use CJ again. We've we've gone on raves about CJ before. We love Allison Janney; she rules. Um, usually, CJ is deployed to better effect than this because it just seems very I, I don't understand why they are so concerned that well with... there's two explicitly stated reasons one is a quote-unquote national security risk you know the idea that if the president isn't actually on the ground somewhere even though he has you know full sit room access or whatever up in the air that we're you know america is now at more threat because like he's not on the ground or something, <laughs> yeah. something stupid like that. Yeah. Careful, he's he's not touching the earth. Right, exactly. It, it weakens him the, if he's not in physical contact with the earth. <laughs> he draws his power from the earth, like Hela exactly. and Asgard. Exactly, okay, so exactly. That was a bad joke. <laughs> but um, and then the second reason is that like the Korean stock market is about to open, and it would you know it would cause like a huge crash, and number would go down. So, yeah. oh, no, not and, number, and not Korean God number. Forbid, God forbid, number goes down. <laughs> right. So that's I why, think that's, that's, that's heretical. Number only wanting, goes up for not wanting to quote unquote panic people, uh, well, aka just straight up lying to them. <laughs> Basically, CJ just lies and gaslights the press throughout this entire episode, and by the end, they're all thanking her. Yeah. Thank you, mommy. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for keeping me safe from myself. <laughs> yeah. When the, the beat at the end where CJ, like, kisses, I don't know, Ed. It or... was Ed. Okay, okay, good. Thank you for verifying Ed. it. Kisses Ed. Yeah, because Ed this... comes up and goes, hey, we can land now. And she's so happy that she just pecks him one. Yeah, well, and, and then Larry's sitting there just like, like why couldn't well, I, wanna... I, I said it first. <laughs> I, I want to be kissed by CJ. <laughs> oh, God. This episode has so many odd beats like that in it. Um, but I do want to take a moment to call out, I did appreciate Joshua Molina's acting in this episode as Will, um, because it comes about, comes out about midway through the episode that Will is scared of flying. Um, and he does a really good job of portraying that kind of nervous energy where he's secretly terrified, but is trying to put up a brave face. And so I just want, I like that. And I liked his interactions with the president where at one point the president's just so frustrated. He's like, I want this plane on the ground. And Will just, like, takes a beat, looks out the window, and goes, did it work, sir? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, okay. You know, it's it's sort of like the, the encapsulation in the airplane can work one of several ways, I guess. It just, it seems unnecessary. And like I said, if, if Aaron Sorkin was out here trying to be like, I'm going to record an episode that's like an Air Force One, except it's a, a liberal politics show. It's like, great. I don't even think the thought went that deep. I think it was just, I want one where they're all on the plane. <laughs> it just, we haven't done one show. where they're all on the plane yet, where they're stuck on the plane. Let's do one where they're stuck on the plane. I'm a genius. Yeah, I'm Aaron they, Sorkin. But not even all of them were on the plane. It wasn't like, right. what's it called? You know, like, yeah, it's, it's just, it. it's Will and CJ and the president yeah. and, and Sam and Sam, right? uh, not Sam. Sam's gone. Not Sam's Sam. gone. Um, uh, Sam Charlie. Marina. Charlie. Charlie's there. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know these people. <laughs> <laughs> Good. We, we, we all shouldn't know them. If we were all lucky, we wouldn't. But, um, I don't know. There's the, another, just kind of, we, 
there is a infantilization going on of with the, the press. press yeah, yeah, they're treated like children. That that drives me crazy because, okay, like setting aside the stakes of national security and and number down, like the the actions that CJ is there to potentially take could put all those concerns aside because she says to you know just cut off the phones and in 2002 there would have been no way to communicate with the bureau Mm -hmm. or to get your report in correct or whatever but instead she's told to like just lie to them (laughs) yeah i know and And they thank her for it yep it's so messed up and it's it, very it's, it's so stupid because it, it, the story is going to come out one way or the other. She's just delaying it by a couple of hours. <clears throat> you know, the second all the phones go back on, what do you think all those reporters are doing? They're talking about how there was a fucking light problem on Air Force One. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, so the stakes aren't even there. Like the misleading. It's just it's very. And I, I think we were talking about this earlier. It's the. What what of a press corps, if not to kind of like report on what's happening, but for all they care, and if CJ's up there just trying to deflect and not let them know what's happening, it, it democratizes that infantilization too, because why don't we just, like, everybody can read, why have a press corps if you just lock everything down and do what the administration says? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Trump administration figured that out pretty fast, that <laughs> you don't actually need a press corps. Yeah, you don't have to actually answer any questions or, or do anything you don't yeah. want to do, really. Yeah. Well, and whatever I mean, they, they just say. want stenographers. Yeah. It's, you know, like you, um, do you guys remember the April D. Ryan incident of a couple days ago? Uh, I, have, I, have, I followed some of the, the outlay of it. There, I, I heard her name, so <laughs> yeah, tell so, us about that. April D. Ryan is this legendary black um, prog- uh, what, uh, blah, 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 White House press correspondent. And uh, I forget who she reports for. I think CBS. I could be wrong on that. Um, but she, um, you know, the there was a meeting between the Black Lives Matter folks and Biden and where Biden was super rude to... Every yes, every I heard about that black part. activist meeting, um, and audio of that meeting leaked, and April's reaction to that wasn't, "Well, this is a problem for Biden." It was, "How dare they record behind Biden's back?" Oh God! <laughs> of course, we should take direction from uh, from the administration, uh, you know, and. And just you know, copy paste their, who, their PR statements. Essentially. Yes, yes. Yeah. We should allow. We should let the administration control right. what we hear. Do not report on what goes on between you know back back closed doors where all yes, the actual yes. deals get made. Please don't yes. report on that. That in, that inconveniences them. Don't you understand? Yeah. Let's be nice. This is Donna and Josh, and they're so cute. Let's just be nice to them. <laughs> we should really you just know? get a state media going over here that can just yeah. be you know all suck up t- all the time. State stenographers. And this is the person who was so hard on Trump. I mean, as you should be. But she was always criticizing and she always got into fights with the press secretaries. And she was always, she was like a hero for being a bitch to Trump. Mm-hmm. And then the second, but, the, the flavor changes from R to D. All, yeah. All that she's, passion she's, just evaporates. She's just like, you guys are uppity, you know? Like, come on. 
you know? Yeah, like... I so I, I think the one good thing Trump ever did was make the White House press corps feel bad about themselves because they <laughs> need to feel bad about themselves. Yeah, you know what? You're not wrong at all. They, yeah. they're, they're awful. They're awful at their jobs. They're the awful part. at their jobs. They're stenographers. There's, there's, like, a, there's like a couple good ones. But, you know, yeah. for the most part, 90% of them are just pure shit. Total. Well, and I think they this was this was written in the sort of the prime of Helen Thomas's sure. career, and she's mm-hmm. the one who is held up as like the ballbuster. I mean, frankly, you know, and actually, I don't questions. know. Like Jaya, you're a journalist. Like, do do people professionally still sort of idolize Helen Thomas as the quintessential um, political reporter? I haven't heard her name in a really long time. I know okay. she got thrown out because she said some. Probably true things, but probably pretty stupid things about Israel and Palestine. Like you don't say that if you're a national. Oh, reporter. that's right. I remember that. That's how. That yeah, was like a big she scandal. Got thrown out. Yeah. Because she said, um, someone was like, "What do you think about what do you what message do you have for Israel?" And she was like, "Get out of Palestine." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, that's too oh, much. No. Of a, that's too much of a truth bomb for, uh, yeah, for America. Yeah. Which oh, was a no. little too. It was. It was really, honestly, like, like, damn, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> aren't you smart? Um, yeah. Aren't you it's supposed just... to be smart? Um, yeah. She lost her job immediately. Um, yeah. And I just think at the time, just like, but that that sort of the style was a show like this would assume or presume at that point that the whole press corps is Helen Thomas. These hard chargers, these people, mm-hmm. and we can leave the... Everyone the on the West Wing is always very professional and at, at the height of whatever career they're supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. You know, these yeah, are the actually, best of the best of the best. That, that, that's kind of interesting, too, because, I mean, I guess this this is a pretty big divergence now, but, like, what does that say about being the best of the best if the whole show is about these people... Just sort of getting owned and stepping on their own dicks, the and, whole and not time. accomplishing anything at all. It, no, <laughs> it says it says welcome to liberalism. Yeah, Where the, it, the highest fantasy they have is incompetence. Yeah, is is getting stymied by Republicans. You know, but oh, but they, they fought hard it. though. They fought they real love hard. It. They're piggies. They love it. They love getting <laughs> cucked. Just roll. They really it. do. Yeah, the, like, just, like we say, a frequent thing that we constantly bring up on this show is that the demo, the characters in the West Wing are never allowed to get a big clean win. You know, mm-hmm. anytime they get a win on something, something bad happens like five seconds after. You know, mm-hmm. we had that in Kundu recently with, oh, we rescued these three guys, but then seventeen people died. You know, mm-hmm. like five <laughs> seconds after the rescue happens. Like mm-hmm. so, so frequently on this show. They, they can't even accept the idea of, in the fictional world they paint for themselves, of winning. Of getting mm-hmm. a big, clean win on, on anything other than an election. Though That's the and, one time they let them win, is fictional elections. I mean, elections. They're, they're probably trying to hit some sort of realism thing. And so that's probably their defense is that, oh, well, this is real life. You're right. In but real life, not, all this, in real life this everyone gets cocked all the time. It's clearly wish fulfillment. <laughs> yes. Of course it's it is. It's clearly a fantasy. It's... It's nothing to do it's nothing like with reality. real life. And in their deepest, wildest, most libidinal dreams, Jesus Christ, they, they really want bipartisan strategy. <laughs> well, you know? Yeah. Like, they, yeah, they want bipartisanship. They want to be working with that liberal Republican that Josh is working with. 
Well, I was going to say, this dovetails nicely into the Josh and the, <laughs> and the theoretical and the nice, friendly Republican. Look, this guy, by the way, has a... Uh, the actor... Um, you looked up the name at one point, Stu. Um, the liberal Republican guy. Uh, he's been he's one of these guys who shows up in everything. But in this particular episode, he has big, like, Mr. Smith in Washington energy. Like, he kind of looks yeah. like Jimmy Stewart a little. And he's got yeah. that, like, I'm going to roll up my sleeves and get to the bottom of this problem. And we're going to clean up Chesapeake Bay kind of energy. Protect, we're going to protect the... The small business owner of Chesapeake. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, In his mind, he's, he thinks he's, he's fighting for all the all the businesses on Main Street of of Chesapeake Bay. You yeah. Know? And like, he's, he's shut got this the fuck up. Yeah. It's so stupid. And then, so well, it ends. All it ends up falling through because. So like, let's well, let's lay it out. What go what's going on here? Like Josh and this theoretical liberal Republican yes. are. Working together. Going over details, working together on an environmental bill to protect Chesapeake Bay. And I think the really um, important detail here is that it's an $18 million appropriation. Right. Like a it's, fucking it's, penny you, in the you budget. Could, you could shit that out in Washington. Yeah. yeah. You could tack this onto like any goddamn bill that was passing and no one would blink an eye. But they, like, but they treat it like it's a huge problem. I'm sorry. Even Bernie Sanders could get... Eighteen yeah. million dollars from like, okay, maybe. Well, Bernie's good at his job. Yeah, I don't. He I don't is know. the Amendment King, after all. Yeah, like they. It would be oh. easy peasy for him, but they treat it like it's got the highest stakes in the world for some reason, and then because it's what it means to them, right? Is that it's a symbol for working with right. this Republican? Well, if we do this, you know, we fix the whole environment if we pass mm-hmm. this one bill, basically. Is sort of the energy they have going, but then so two Democratic Congress people come by and pull Josh out of the meeting room and are like, "Are you fucking helping liberal Republican guy? Like, you know he's on a vulnerable seat, and we could win that seat. Why are you trying to give him a legislative bipartisan win or whatever?" And Josh is like, "Well, bipartisanship is good." And then the two congressmen are like, "Fuck that! We want a seat." And they're entirely in the right. But the show definitely frames it so that it looks like Josh has the right side of the argument, and these guys are just like whiny complainers. And they are so right. And they, yeah, they've nailed it. You play to win, motherfuckers. You play to win. Yeah, fuck this guy, dump this bill, hope he loses next time, push his ass out of the seat, and then we can pass $18 billion worth of fucking environmental. Yes, real money, cunt. (laughs) (laughs) No, No shit. Like, come on. I just. It, it drives me crazy, and this is a very, again, this is another West Wing trope. You know, Aaron Sorkin just dies for this idea of, well, we're going to cross the aisle and shake hands and everybody's going to stand up and clap. And do the right thing for the country and put country over party and, and all that bullshit. You can just hear him masturbating. <laughs> Pretty much. This is, well, I swear to God, this is all libidinal. This is all psychosexual. There's a lot of it. There's a lot of there's a lot of it. It kind of makes me wonder if like Aaron Sorkin did coke into psychological problems. Like you know how they sometimes uh, you schizophrenia. That's, yeah. Baby, that's the best way to do coke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all we all know he was a big fan. I don't know. He seems pretty mellow nowadays, but maybe in the height of his coke usage, I could see like there's some mental issues going on there. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. And it just. <sighs> They, they're, also, they're he, about... he's the one who gets, like, almost sole writing credits on these most of these scripts. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know he's, like, working himself to the fucking, like, death at this point. So I'm sure his mental state can't be too great overall. 
Yeah, he's probably not sleeping a lot. Exactly. That exactly. You know, Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Cocaine. And he's out partying, and then in between partying and writing scripts, just like that's his yeah. whole life. And so there's almost no action with this Bill thing. We get a couple of sweeping yeah. conversations, I guess, between Josh and theoretical friendly Republican, where, like, it it doesn't matter. You won't hear from him again. Mm-hmm. I just, it, it almost feels like, and this is actually kind of a repeating theme in this episode, is that we spend, I don't know, cumulatively four minutes of screen time with this shit, and it's a wash. It's yeah. a total zero. Yeah. Nothing happens. Same with the Columbia thing and same with ultimately the airplane thing. You know, mm-hmm. they're all, and this is again, something we bring up on this show all the time. Nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> That's most episodes of the West Wing. So sad. A yeah. little dream of the, of uh, the American dream was both negated and reinforced in the same frame. <laughs> you know, like, ugh. Yeah. How do you watch this every week? <laughs> it's it's oof. I don't know. Tune in at a specific time. <laughs> well, then, yeah, that's the other, like, whenever I think about it just back in the day, you know, I had to be, I guess at this point, my mom had to be watching television on Thursdays at nine mm-hmm. or whatever, mm. whenever this new episode came out. I'm just like, I, I cannot imagine. I think this is one of the first shows they had DVDs for, you know, mm-hmm. like, I, so hmm. I think it, it circulated a lot that way, too. Um, cause this was like one of the first, they were starting to put DVDs out for, for all the TV shows at this point. Sorkin ideologically trained our parents and our older brothers and sisters and us mm-hmm. to think, to have loser mindset, mm-hmm. to have cuck mentality. Yeah. To, to limit the scope of our thinking to only the to certain. To limit our imaginations in mm-hmm. such a way that nothing is possible. So. I didn't mention this last week when we talked about it, but the Max Faber quote at the end of last week's episode where, I mean, we, I talked about it on the podcast of being like, oh, blah, this doesn't mean what Bartlett it thinks it means. But I found out this week, just completely coincidentally, that Matt Iglesias named his Substack after that Max Faber quote. His Substack is called Slow Boring. Oh, my God. You know what? That's the worst combination of words I've ever heard. <laughs> Matt Iglesias, tell me, tell me, he's he probably like jacks off to this show every night. I, I can't. It's just the the. He was built for West Wing fandom. Yeah, yeah. it's very the, the the it it sums up technocracy and it sums up mm-hmm. death by analysis too. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if you're too busy analyzing, right? They're constantly. Hey, guess what? They're constantly looking at polling data. Rather than Guess what? The capitalists anything. keep winning if you're too busy looking at what the problem looks like rather than how to fix it. So, mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. here we go. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we've rambled for long enough. No, unless yeah. you, sorry, go ahead. No, it's 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 it, it 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 obscures the true theory of power that everyone should have is that organized people making their voices heard and basically doming and doming the shit out of their. They're representative. Sorry, I'm on this psychosexual kick these days. <laughs> that's kind of it's like fine. a big part of my work is like examining things through kink. Um, it's like, uh, you know, basically just just destroying the representatives and like Jimmy Dore screaming at AOC, forcing her to do what he wants. Ew. Um, that is what politics is. It's not this. Oh, just let let our let our let the hot um, wonks 
take care of us. Yeah. Thank you, Daddy. Thank, thank no. you, thank you, Daddy Bartlett. Thank you, Daddy Bartlett. <laughs> you seem like a you, real. You fixed everything, gem. God King Dad. <laughs> thank you, Mommy CJ. You make everything okay. You yeah. know, <laughs> you saved us from ourselves. Josh Lyman, you're such a babe. LemonLyman.com. Let's take a brief break and we'll come back and uh, discuss another plot point that runs throughout the episode. So the other major plot that takes place not up in Air Force One in this episode, besides the Chesapeake cleanup build that we just discussed, is Kundu. Uh, there has been a friendly fire incident in Kundu, and five uh, American troops have been killed. They were live fire testing some sort of artillery <laughs> or missile or something like that, and the GPS targeting coordinate had a little glitch and decided that the place they were firing from was also the target. <laughs> and so it killed the whole firing team. Aww. Great, great job. Number one military in the world. Good job, yeah. boys. Our boys, and the way they introduced it was like, five of our guys just got shot down over Kundu. Friendly fire. It was like, our guys. Like, shut the fuck up. Well, and also, also like framing it like, oh... You know, there's there's an engagement with ourselves for <laughs> country. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, so um, they they don't they go to this congressman's office who he's uh, the re, he's going to speak at the Brookings Institute tomorrow and he's going to come out against the Kundu intervention that America is currently doing. And so Toby goes to speak to him to try to stop that. And they get into a whole thing about, he's like, well, you know, my, you know, my, it's, uh, the guy's name's Mark Richardson. Well, we saw Mark Richardson he, before. We know Mark Right, Richardson. sorry. It's a recurring character, Mark Richardson, part of the Congressional Black Caucus. Um, and he's a house rep from Brooklyn. And he's uh, basically making the argument that, like, look, if, you know, if you guys want to intervene, why, first off, why don't we intervene against the Saudis? And, that, like, th that argument just goes nowhere. I know. They're just like, like, oh, you're so silly. You're just yeah, a silly Billy. Uh, yeah, he's like, well, yeah, if we're going to intervene based off, you know, crimes and stuff, why don't we start at the start? Uh, but second of all, if we're going to intervene somewhere, why don't we intervene in Brooklyn, where, like, my constituents are dying? Yeah. <laughs> I just... <laughs> the the image of like the first airborne or whatever landing at JFK and <laughs> securing the airport, <laughs> yeah, like securing the perimeter at JFK and then like pushing, uh, I don't know, like pushing up the Van Vic up towards <laughs> the other airport is just really funny. Like oh, we're we're uh we're in Ozone Park now, gentlemen. Let's stop for a slice. <laughs> Start for an artisanal uh, uh, mayonnaise uh, uh, yeah, experience. No <laughs> I mean, I, I guess bedsty wasn't the bedsty I lived in. Um, yeah, that it was yeah, the, uh, significantly more shitty. His, he, so, he, 
he brings up the idea of, he's like, okay, no, Toby, it's fine. I'm going to sign off on the intervention bill as long as we include an amendment for reinstating the draft. Which, And Toby's move. like, what the fuck? Baller fucking move. Yeah. It's a great yeah. move because he brings up, he's like, well, maybe we'll take this a little more seriously if the, uh, if the fates of, uh, rich white sons and rich white, uh, you know, are, are tied to the fates of uh, our minorities who sign up to for the military because it's the only option they have. Mm-hmm. Which is just to just to state, I mean, the military is mostly like on average, mostly middle class. Yes. Yeah, it was it's so not so I've, not so, as quite as accurate yeah. nowadays. Yeah. yeah, I specifically noted this when I wrote this note is that um the, the demographics of that have shifted. And so like the poverty draft thing is not, it's not as serious as it used to be. However, that inducement is still very strong mm-hmm. and it's primarily because with nine 11, which the entire show canon conveniently ignores, it's like that pushed a propaganda. Um, that got a bunch of people to sign up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it propagandized it away, and and somehow it worked. I guess mm-hmm. it quote unquote worked in that it's not really great, but now it's like they they managed to create a desire to enlist that isn't pegged on socioeconomic. Yeah. That isn't. Grounds. It's just like your only option other than starving yeah. to death. Yeah. And and we should say that plenty yeah. of people still do sign up for the military because it's their yes. only option, which is. You know, Correct. Not the Charlotte. So his, his greater world, point remains. But... Yeah, Congressman Richardson's greater point remains true, which is that you know it's it's the you know the the wealthy over here can avoid having to go, um, and and they send the less wealthy, even if they're not poor. The the point being, they get to off offload their problems to a whole other class of people. Mm-hmm. Well, the the idea, it it just it's. His, his concept is correct to me. It just struck me as strange that the proposed solution was to bring back the draft specifically. Like, to me, the draft invokes quite a... I mean, it, and frankly, it's the show, so whatever. But it invokes quite a right-wing framing of how these yes. things work. And he's not necessarily talking about in the context of his district. Of course, he's not wondering whether, like, an airborne division is going to colonize like you said Bedsty, or you know take over jfk but it's a national service initiative that may potentially exclude military but he just says the draft and i guess that's a way of communicating in 2002 this yeah. concept i i yeah i think they're just Go i, ahead. I Sorry. think what it was was to communicate to the audience and to the characters, and then as uh, the characters are a proxy for the audience, uh, just how nuts this guy is. You know? I guess it's, so. Like, yeah, like, what a nutsy stuff. Yeah, I know. Like, oh, he's totally off his rocker, this liberal. Who could think about bringing yeah, back the draft? Yeah, it's like. Even though, even though he has good principled reasons behind yeah. it. And you can tell he's not actually serious about implementing the draft. It's more of a rhetorical stunt, yeah. if you will. It's like when they make the most... Radical, it's forcing the debate. It's forcing the debate. They when they make in sitcoms when they make the most radical member of the family like the absolute clown, like uh, you know they do this in black sitcoms a lot where they make the um, like the the black power character be like why does it have to be black you know they just make him out to be a total mm-hmm. clown 
in order yeah. to discredit their radical, their truly radical ideas. You know, right? And in order to distract us from actually how reasonable the the underlying idea behind this mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. if not if not the specific solution, he's he's nailed the underlying causes of the and problem. And the problem with um, the bloody uh, congressional black caucus is that the actual CBC is nowhere near as cool as. Oh, yeah, this is the way, way they were portrayed on West Wing. Yeah. Way cooler I mean, we're, than Jim Clyburn. Yeah. Like, we're quite aware, yeah. sad sad to say. Um, but, like, imagine this, like, and, 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 and Sirkin wants to shit all over the CBC for being too left-wing. That is, I wish, I wish the CBC was, was the same as in Sirkin's <laughs> yeah. imagination. And also, I know, right? well, and I yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, 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 you go. Okay, fine, I will. <laughs> <So. laughs> um, what also pissed me off is that they were like they the 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 parameters that were offered by, um, is it Toby? Yeah. Toby uh, basically said, "Look, we need to invade. We need to do a humanitarian intervention in Kundu." To prevent millions of people dying, a to, to prevent a genocide, right. those are the stakes. And Correct. you don't want to do it because you are interventionist. Uh, you're you're a nativist, isolationist. isolationist. Thank you. And I'm like, there's no questioning that logic, eh? Like, there's no um, questioning the parameters you set around what the problem is, and that's the problem with Sorkin. Is that he never questions the underlying edifice? Correct. He, he has a certain worldview that is concrete in his mind of like anything outside this area is un, is an unacceptable idea or yes. solution. Yes, well, it's just think, kook. Yeah, and and the the way he writes the character because one would hope, and as we've observed that Mark Richardson is using his um, his acumen to navigate this political space. A real person with that sort of acumen and those sort of putative politics would have a strategy to challenge Toby's framing. But instead, it's just, you know, star wipe and we're out. Mm-hmm. He's just like this this almost joke of a curmudgeon, you know? Well, I think it was interesting that, and frankly... This week, because AOC, a potential Mark Richardson analog in 2020, mm-hmm. is back in the news again, sort of doing the, I guess, caping for the liberal side of the Democratic Party here and talking about this stuff. And it's just, I, and Mark Richardson's got it right. He's like, you get my vote if you do what I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't want to hear about, you know, strategy down the road and assemblage of a coalition that might commission a study on yeah. possibly putting this to a vote. Just, sorry, here's what we'll do for me to vote on this bill. Yeah. There's always an argument to be made for why it now is not the time to put up mm-hmm. a fight. And and it, it just, it's, you know, it's the white moderate shit from Letter from a Birmingham yeah. Jail. You know, wait for a more convenient season. And that's, that's the liberal argument nonstop. Yeah. I mean, I'm not opposed to strategically thinking about things. Um, of you course. Know, I think, in fact, if you just shoot from the hip all the time because you want to you're not actually doing shit and i don't think that's west wing brain i think that's i think what i just said is is smart i think that's playing politics and you know we're always playing politics i was initially of the of the stance that aoc um was right but i think i've come around to the 
unbelievably stupid stance that Jimmy Dore is right. Because <laughs> yeah. um, I fucking hate oh, that no. guy. Oh, um, <laughs> Heartbreaking. I know, the worst I know. person you the know worst, just made a yeah, great exactly. point. Exactly. <laughs> um, he really is like a total dumbass, but he's right in this case. Like, she. And it, it's, it's, it's convenient. I, I think, frankly, because it was initially Justin Jackson who fucking yeah. owns like straight up and down, who made the argument, and people. And this has been sort of the meta analysis of the situation is that people are directing our attention to Jimmy Dore because he's the prototypical crank. Yeah. He's the guy that you can say, oh, look at this whack job who... Mm-hmm. Exactly. Distracts mm-hmm. from the 20, 24-year-old football player. Yeah. Yeah, Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson right. is Who has so his shit cool. Who owns. And yeah. He, Big shout out to Justin also Jackson. He unfollowed me, so press F to pay respects. Not, not even on your F. new account? No, Ugh. on my old account, he unfollowed me. I was so sad. Um, when I noticed that jerk. he's, he's, he's perfect and I miss him. <laughs> Just, Justin Jackson, go on worse. He used to anyway, be mutual. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, well, the day I got a tweet liked by Brianna Greyjoy was a, was a beautiful day. No, she day. followed me too. I don't know if she's going to follow me to the new account, but she's not that online that much. Like she doesn't. Well, the... <laughs> I, I just, I still just, it comes back around to, there. there is a West Wing, it's just the trope of the West Wing is that we're being the responsible adults by doing as little as possible because we are so analytical and so thoughtful that we can spool out all these contingencies and figure out what narrow path we need to navigate. And okay, in 2002, again, outside of like the 9-11 thing and going to forever war thing like okay fine you you didn't have like an imminent crisis on your hand that you needed to take action about but welcome to december 2020 there are like seven mm-hmm. imminent crises <clears throat> like we, we need to do things yeah <laughs> yeah like yeah, but what if we just tweak the knobs a little? I have yeah. so much more fun just tweaking the knobs just a little bit. Not too much. Not too much. And and that's what's about to happen, too, is we finally have a president that the, all these fucking liberals don't have to pay attention to anymore. Yep, they got, they got what, they, what wanted. they wanted. They're going back to brunch. Motherfuckers are going back mm-hmm. to brunch. And and some knobs will get tweaked and number will go up and, and so what of the mm-hmm. consequences. Well, and... and- Speaking of this, like one of the one of the less real conversations from a 2020 perspective is they have the chat about like, we're, we're the party of action. We want to support the people like we're the Democrats. And then there's another reference later um, where they're talking about like we, we have to act on behalf of our constituency. And she's like, oh, yes. And then also they say whatever Republican votes we lose will pick up from progressives. Which is a phrase that I don't think has been uttered in politics since at least 2010. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's insane. Uh, the whole, yeah, I, again, the show loves to do this, like, friendly Republican I thing know. that that so, so much. Uh, there was the gay Republican that one time. Oh, yeah. It was like, but but you're gay. It's like, yeah, but I also believe in smaller government and lower taxes. I also hate And trans I don't mind people. that 90% of my party thinks I'm an unperson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
the um the I don't, I don't know like as far as kundu goes like obviously interventionism uh, sucks ass like yeah we, we've been over all of this in the, previous uh, episodes like, with kundu. i think although again sort of my nitpicking brain here has further zeroed in on like we are verifying now that kundu is hypothetically in west africa somewhere because they reference cote d'ivoire this episode yeah. and two episodes ago they were talking about ghana being the staging area so I'm assuming that they literally just said, "Oh, Equatorial Guinea. What's a um, what's an Africaner sounding word? How about uh, Kundu?" kundu? Yeah. <laughs> there well, we go. I mean, nailed it. Honestly, Stanley did the same shit. Uh, what With was it, Wakanda? <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, you know the, the what is it the the, the good writers uh, good writers borrow great writers steal, steal. outright. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, my favorite thing. Just side uh-huh. note, my favorite thing about Wakanda is that it's supposed to be near Kenya, but they all speak Zosha. Sure. Zosha? I don't know how to say that word. Mm-hmm. Kosa. Oh, thank you, Kosa. No, say it again. Um, I mean, in in southern Africa, it's like Kosu or Kosa. Oh, Kosa. Okay, cool. They all speak that, which is. Freaking from South Africa. Yeah. Why do they speak Kosa <laughs> yeah. in 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 Kenya in Kenya adjacent area? <laughs> yeah, in Kenya no, adjacent. It's, it's all the same yeah. because basically because Africa's like America, right? Right. Right. Well, and the I think the the, the Kundu thing particularly what drives me crazy and I we are what like four episodes away from the from season the finale finale. Yeah. The Kundu thing, like, just sort of goes away. And I'm pretty sure, yeah. There's we were talking about this before the episode. I was like, I don't think we get a big final resolution on, like, oh, yeah, Kundu's doing great now. It just kind of, like, fades away like so many of the plot lines on this yeah. show. Well, it's they, 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 are, they are just a, a symbol, after all. Mm. Not well, like there's all this people. stuff wrapped up in mm-hmm. it. They're, and, and they just, the, the show never bothers to dig in and i think we mentioned maybe a couple episodes ago dave where it was like this has the potential to make for very interesting writing and yes. very neat television but they just bail on it right which, and they don't they don't show the things that are exciting you know they don't show like the three marines getting kidnapped or something like that like you you know they tell not show mm-hmm. oh, so God. much about kundu they tell not show. That is Sorkin. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's guilty of that a mm. lot, um, particularly lately. Um, I've noticed over these last, few, you know, in season four, he just seems to tell not show a lot. He'll, like uh, the, the off-screen adventures of Jack Reese, Donna's yeah. boyfriend. <laughs> Donna's boyfriend. He did a lot of stuff, but we couldn't get Christian Slater back. So Donna's just going to have to tell you all about the things Yo, he did. Yo, Christian Slater was on this show? Oh. Yes, as one of Donna's uh, very brief. Okay, I, never mind. I I really like the West Wing now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, he's uh... he's a, he was actually pretty yeah. good. Yeah, he was a bright the since they had he him for. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's all I oh, care for sure. about. Well, she was instantly swept off her mm-hmm. feet. <laughs> and and his character is used to sort of. I think it, it they did a better job because surprise, it's a man. Um, they did a better job of using his character to sort of poke fun at the administration and the people with whom he interacts. Mm-hmm. Right, because he was he voted for Richie. He was a Republican voter going to work at a Democratic White House. And so he didn't have he wasn't in love with all of them the same way that all like the liberals <laughs> who work for them are. And so he was able to accurately call them on their shit sometimes. 
Okay, so let's take another brief break and then we can come back and wrap up because there's a couple tiny things I want to talk about and then sure. we'll be... Yeah, alright. She was there through my incarceration. I wanna show the nation my appreciation. And welcome back. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, we always appreciate uh, your listens, uh, your comments, your feedback in our threads. Uh, or if you want to find the show, uh, email the show. You can email the show at theworstwing69 at gmail.com. Nice. Which is, which is nice. Um, Jaya, thanks uh, for being our guest on this particular episode. You were delightful oh, to have. Oh, thank you. Yeah, this was really Do you really have anything fun. to plug? Uh, how can people find you on Twitter? Um, yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter. I used to be at shutupjaya, J-A-Y-A, but I'm not there anymore, so I don't know why I just spelled it out. I am now <laughs> I'm now at uh, time, F-O-R, for Jaya, J-A-Y-A. So that's T-I-M-E-F-O-R-J-A-Y-A. Because it's we'll always put a link time in for the show Jaya. notes. Yeah, it's always time. At least check it out. Time for chili. Yeah, I have um, a Substack that I'm going to be starting up again, and um, in uh, blah 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 January. Uh, it's called jayatime.substack.com. It is lots of weird interviews with people. I once interviewed a guy with a scat fetish. Um, hmm. It's one of the best things I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, we're, you know, it's just the miscellaneous, you know, stuff. So Excellent. follow well, me. I, I love miscellaneous stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I got to well, market I found, that better. I found Jaya because she, um, does local writing. I mean, we both live in what would be considered the capital district. Yo, you live in, in the New capital York. district? I'm in Germantown. So I'm like 10 miles south of Hudson. Okay. That's Okay. <laughs> that that's why I started following you on Twitter, and so I'll be I'll be upfront with our listeners here is that um, over the holidays and the last couple of weeks or whatever, Jay was just like, "I'm bored. Tell me your podcast, and I'll go on it." And I was like, Ex- uh, "Okay, excellent. It, yeah. That's the best motivation I've ever heard." Yeah, I really like guesting on podcasts because you get to have fun and uh, you don't have to edit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, running podcast sucks. Being the showrunner blows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's why I never started mine. <laughs> smart, smart well, thinking. You would be welcome anytime oh, uh, if you want to come back. If there's a particular episode, especially in the last three seasons when Sorkin leaves, if there's an episode that Sorkin particularly leaves? piques your interest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So after after season four, he's cut ties with the show entirely. He he quit. He didn't he didn't do anything anymore. And according to him, he has not even watched any episode after the ones he stopped doing. Oh, them. I feel kind of bad for him. Damn, that was his baby. 
Well, uh, he, he then... went, well, he moved on to go do Studio 60 on the Sunset <laughs> Strip, which <laughs> bombed so bad it didn't even get a full season. <laughs> oh, oh with the, yeah, oh, shit. And then, and then he did the newsroom, and then uh, somewhere in there, the social network, which, you know, did incredibly well. Actually, I love the social network. I fucking love that movie. I actually yeah. uh, was it's gonna really see... Good. Yeah, I heard that was good. I, I actually tried to convince Nathan Robinson to buy me tickets for... Um, the To Kill a Mockingbird with Jeff Bridges, mm, uh, the mm-hmm, Aaron Sorkin mm. one. And then p- the pandemic happened, so we never got around to it. But uh. <laughs> um, I was going to write like a big fucking juicy takedown for current affairs, but then that never happened. Maybe mm. I'll find a pirated version and still do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, All right. right. Well, as always, uh, as again, thanks for listening, everyone. And everyone take care and stay safe. And we'll see you next time on another Worst Wing. Y'all stay safe. Bye. Bye. Come through.